I'm Fernando Mastrangelo, and this is The Path, an interview series that uncovers the business of being an artist. People don't like to think of art as a business, and you know what? I get it. It kind of kills the romance of it, but that's not really realistic anymore. We're trying to grow. We're asking new sets of questions. We're using social media to expand our audience and even get new clients. So we're going to uncover some of the mysteries and strategies behind some of the most successful people in the field today. I want to share those with you so you can really see what it takes to build a successful studio. Today I'm speaking with Ladies and Gentlemen Studio, who made the move from Seattle to New York to take their company to the next level. They have a diligent method of making work, making business decisions, and a thoughtfulness about their design that you don't often find in this fast-paced industry of the New York design world. Look, but before we jump in, I wanted to say that this is the last interview of season one of The Path. It's been a great season, and we're excited about the feedback that we've gotten, so we'll definitely be back later this year with season two. If you're enjoying the show or the podcast, please let us know by sending us a message through Instagram or any of the social media networks. I'd also love if you guys subscribe to our channels and leave us a review so we can hear about your ideas or things that you might want to hear about. So thanks for tuning in. Let's dive into uh, the show with Dylan and Gene of Ladies and Gentlemen Studio. All right. So we're here with uh, Gene and Dylan from Ladies and Gentlemen. And guys, thank you for doing this. This is yeah, awesome. Thank I think you, you guys have a, an amazing studio. I can't wait to like jump in on this um, conversation. So yeah. just to give people a little bit of a background, you guys from Seattle mm -hmm. started the studio around 2010. And so that's almost a decade you guys have been yeah. in business, right? It's kind of like, like incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost, yeah. So I kind of wanted to like start with, maybe. yeah, in 2020. When did you guys actually start the? the uh, yeah, we, casually, I think it was like, oh, actually like 2008. We were experimenting in 2008. Yeah, so. just more like on the side, yeah. doing like small sort of local Seattle shows or something with friends. Yeah. But you met at school? Yeah. And at school. Yeah. Was that 2008 during school time or no? No. no, 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 no. Uh, a little yeah. bit. We mm -hmm. went to University of Washington from like 2000. Oh, we graduated 2005. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, so we were the same department for product design um, there. And then, that's yeah. how you met? Tiny, tiny, yeah, tiny that's program in the School met. of Art. Um, yeah. We had like a class of 11. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, just kind of very small part of a big university, but yeah, we met, mm -hmm. met doing projects together in, in that context and yeah. kind of realized. And then you formalized the company. You said, all right, we're going to be ladies and gentlemen, came up with the, by the way, we've never talked about how you came up with the name. I'm sure everyone <laughs> asks you, but just for, you know, our audience or whatever, yeah. how did ladies and gentlemen come about? Uh, well, the, the studio, like we were playing around with the idea of having a studio, but we didn't quite know what it was or yeah. what it would be. And like really wanted something. Um, it was in that time of like established and sons. So like all these people were doing that kind of cool names. <laughs> yeah, doing like something and something. Yeah. And it's like, what's the like, what's the broad? What describes us? And it's like the broadest thing yeah. that can transform into whatever we want to define it as. And we later. didn't want to use our names just because okay. didn't want it to be so defined that you know it's our personal name associated with the studio, but something just something more general and broad, but that was still representative of like, sort of these two sides or two sort of. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And who came up with it? I think you did, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, How Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, it turns out to be a really good uh, component for branding, essentially, because yeah, it, it kind of adds this interesting element to maybe the title of how people, you know, when they write about you guys. Anyway, I can yeah. see how it's had a, you know, yeah. 
Um, so that was in 2008-ish, then in 10, you guys, and then? Official, so, yeah, like this, this in 2010. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and what was happening in Seattle at that time was like, um, the, you know, the recession was sort of looming, and I think a lot of people were sort of like, design in Seattle is very, like, was very corporate at that time. Like, if you were an industrial design student, you would graduate and work for, like, either an outdoor company or, like, electronics technology company. And um, but a lot of people were, like, not wanting to do that. And so mm -hmm. people were starting to do little, like, flirt with the idea of independent studios. And so around that time, like, a lot of our friends were like, hey, you want to, like, just make some stuff and we'll do a show? And it was super kind of thrown together. Um, but we kind of banded together to, to you know, make that kind of thing happen and see what, what come, would come of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just trying to sort of do something that was less speaking to us rather than, you know, working for more of a, like, tech world that wasn't really, we weren't resonating with. But, so in your, I mean, like, the, in your training, in terms of in school, people were product and they ended up sort of going into that route versus starting their own companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most of them, yeah. Okay. We didn't even really know that. You could do this we were, or what? Yeah, we were yeah, so like we isolated from like other forms of design when we were yeah. there that um, it wasn't until our class went to uh, Rome, went to Rome for a couple months, our yeah. whole class went all 11 of us. <laughs> and, um, and we hung out in Rome and studied there and like, learned about other ways that design and craft and like entrepreneurship can exist in a much more um, like freeform narrative way that resonated with us so much. What year was that? More. 2005. 2005. Yeah. So at that time you started, you saw, oh, maybe there's a different route. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so like common, like everybody, you know, whether you're like. In Rome? I'm surprised yeah, to hear that. Like, even just like yeah. Art, yeah. artisan. There wasn't a was certain it? Ah, okay. It was more that like lifestyle or like you saw a lot of artisan making and like make a living out of it. Granted, I don't know how well they're doing, but then it's like, sure. they, you know, it's more just about like doing what they really wanted to do and then really focusing on one's, you know, specific craft. Yeah. Or, whether it be like leather or shoe, you could every you know like you sure, could go to stores, yeah, yeah, really specific, and then and they're like masters at it. Yeah. At this so you really yeah. admire how they really fine tune their craft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then we did like get to go to Milan as like we were students yeah. for Salone de Mobile. Yeah. yeah, and that was also just like an eye-opening experience for like <laughs> from Seattle when there was really not much around yeah. and at that time. And then so did you get to, at that point to sort of see the how big this world actually yeah. could be or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we yeah. also um, like Alan Wexler is like a New York design architect artist, artist yeah. and. Um, he was doing like studying. He was there at what was the school. So he got the Rome Prize. Yeah. Oh, he got the he Rome Prize. There, yeah, he was there with his his wife Ellen, and we somehow like our teacher arranged a tour of their studio, and we saw his work, which was so it's just so thoughtful and poetic, and he's like an architect. There's net like hardly does any real buildings. They're mm -hmm. all like conceptual and mm -hmm. conceptual pieces that explore like the poetics of space. And um, I think that... Um, so it inspired the sort of, con 
this idea that design or whatever could be also very conceptual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this like artistic side yeah. of the thing. Yeah. So this and is like the would... early stages of how you guys started to formulate your your studio and the identity that it would it would have. We weren't necessarily thinking about wanting to just start a studio at that time, but we were just like so inspired by sure. it and just the idea that like wow, this you know this artist architect he was really just straddling all these different genre of mm -hmm. like you know disciplines mm -hmm. and um, was able to sort of like move you know fluidly within that but also like really responding like thoughtfully about each sort right. of aspect of it and then so I think for us we we're like well what can we do that's design it's just always like been our the back of our head yeah. like how can we you know pursue our own sort of voice and expression and work and but still have this like freedom to sort of and did you guys always have similar visions? Because, uh, you know, or did your aesthetic kind of grow together as you started to mature? Or, or how did that? It's always yeah. very organic, I would yeah. say. But, because it's um, a very particular aesthetic, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have a very particular way of thinking about geometry and all of that. And um, I wonder if that was just, you know, you guys kind of started moving in that direction together? Or was Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it's really hard to because it's like everything happens like thinking back is like always very intuitively and it was always responding. I think it a lot of the aesthetic and material that sort of like paved the way of how we, you know, currently what we have, what we see here is like we responded to the materials that was available to us mm. and what we were looking at and um, going to like a metal shop and just looking at the scraps and then, mm -hmm. but then we're like, well, we wanted something warmer, so we in integrated wood, and then also like, oh, the like the marble texture, the pattern, and so just how does mm -hmm. this like like that feel of mixing and doing something that's like unexpected in a way that you know. That was were you both very reductive always in your in your thought? Well, the, it was an interesting part of the like direction that it went in because I think initially we were we were really into collecting vintage objects and like that mm -hmm. was like an obsession of ours before the studio started we would like it's kind of like an outlet for us to explore a design without having a studio and so we were accumulating all these objects from like very different time periods like this eclectic mix of objects but they um I think everything that we collected sort of had something in it. And so this early work of the studio, you can see the like vintage lineage really mm -hmm. easily. Um, but as we kept, as we were doing more work, we were trying to get to like the essence of what, what resonated with those objects. So it became more and more reductive as, yeah. as we iterated on the work. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think we were always, fascinated by like the line or a mix of uh, things with a lot of character and like a soul to them mm -hmm. but but that were very simple and pure at the same time yeah. so yeah. it was well, but it was kind of a journey to get to the point where we were reducing it in the in the way that's like characteristic of the studio now now yeah right. so tell me a little bit about this pretty big transition from Seattle that scene and coming to New York because I think this is a probably a pretty big uh, move for you guys yeah. and I think it's a lot of people like might want to make that move or you know and yeah not even from just Seattle but just trying to come to a city like this where design is relevant you probably have a majority of your clientele here now um, mm. 
how was that transition for you? And, and what year what year did you guys come to in New York? Yeah, we moved in 2015. Okay. So yeah, three three and a half years ago. Yeah, I guess. Wow. And then, um, but yeah, it was like a really when we started in 2010. I think the first time that we came here was um, for New York Now, just doing like gift shows, like it was okay. like gift there, and then um, showcasing like small products and small tabletop. Products. But that's when we met, like, by around that time, there was a, also another collective called American Design Club that was, you know, it was a group of independent design studios mm -hmm. and um, started by Kyle Mead and then Fort Stanley was part of it. Pat okay. Was, so, like, and Chen was part of it, yep. Chen and Kai. And then, yeah, it was, like, a whole group that we all just sort of, like, got connected Kinda. with right away because we're all sort of, there was, like, happening, these, like, independent design collective happening around the same time. It was, like, right after the recession. I and I think there were just like this energy of like, well, we might as well do things, you know, on our own because yeah. it's hard to find a job or sure. something like that. Or not. I mean, for us, it was just like it was just started from like an experiment. And but then so from 2010 to 2015, while you're still in Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, what was the company kind of look like at that point? It was we were doing things on the side, like weekends, okay. off hours, and we still were working full time for other you were. companies. And then. Um, so it was all just like more on the side, like kind of baby stuff, like, oh, we mm -hmm. could do it and see how it goes. And then, so um, then you came here and did that, uh, that show yeah. and got and some every, exposure to every year, yeah. Yeah, maybe the, the vitality the of the, of the city and the, and, and the market or something. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, yeah, anytime we were, we would come to fairs or fairs or, and different yeah. shows here sure. afterwards. And like every time we did something like that here, it was like. A huge like boost, boost for the city, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. or for for the studio, and um, yeah. So it was just like every time we came, we were, we were liking like sales went up, yeah. the exposure went up. Yeah. You're like maybe Not we should sales actually. <laughs> okay, well, just, like, exposure. exposure. Yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, we like uh, I think it started. Yeah, we did gift fair, and then two years later, we did sight and see for the first time during New York Design Week. And what year? What year? Thirteen. In thirteen. Okay, because yeah. I missed. I, I wasn't in it the year. Oh, it was twelve. Yeah, I think it was yeah. twelve. Wow. Twelve. And that's when we did our first like furniture and lighting yeah. products. There, it was yeah. just like, yeah. let's go for it. Nice. We yeah. sent Jill and like Jill and Monica for sight unseen like miniatures. Uh huh. Actually, there's like right behind you. There's that's not the exact miniature, but we sent them like miniatures of the things we wanted to make. <laughs> yeah. And like Jean shot them like in, in like a booth, in, like a were, little like, diorama. Um, yeah, like that's um, awesome. <laughs> And just like, we want to make these things. And they were really supportive of it. And um, so that was like another breakthrough that happened yeah. here. That was 2012. Yeah. Was that a pretty big moment of, uh, were you guys, yeah. were you guys working for anyone else at, in 2012? Or was it still? Yeah, we were still sort of like yeah. transitioning. Still I think transitioning. I was, yeah, like yeah. I was by that point, like maybe like part time and he was still working full time. Like I see. working like, I don't know, 60. Yeah, cumul hours, cumulatively, like, like work yeah, I do like eight, my eight to ten hours mm -hmm. at my day job, and then like another eight in the wow. studio. Yeah, they could do that now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's crazy, but you, well, you have the yeah. energy back then. But yeah. so, would you say well, sudden scene was the was was a big boost? Yeah, for to sure. Sort it was of like a yeah. big turning point, and then cool. um, put us on the radar of like the New York design scene, and then mm -hmm. also connected with really, you know fantastic um, 
companies that we really admire, like Rowan Hill. Rowan Hill. Yeah. Did that come out of that? Yeah, yeah. That, so that first piece, the piece they have, which is this sort of beautiful, shape, yeah, yeah, hanging pieces of glass. The, it was the next year. Yeah. Um, like the the first products that we showed were uh, the hanging chair, the, the little mini model, and mm -hmm. then um, the really simple light. It's like just the bulb with the ring around it okay. or a light. Um, and I think that that like caught people's eye initially, and then the next year, I think is when oh, Rowan Hill approached us. We started talking with Future Perfect, yeah. and um, so yeah. at this point, right, you're get a little bit of exposure. You're still working, but so how do you then? Decide to move. Decide to, yeah. yeah. Or decide to just uh, go ahead and do this full time and say, okay, we're going to quit our jobs and and really yeah. pursue that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a, a mix of like, oh, that, like he was overworked. And <laughs> also he's been at the company that he was previously at for like five or six years. That was like his first job. First job. And then design job, yeah. first design job. And then so he just decided like, well, let's just. You know, and he was like at a point where he felt like he, you know, was able to, ready to move on type of thing. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I was like more. It was like 2013. Yeah. We're right? pretty. Yeah, we're pretty slow to make like big decisions yeah. like that. Okay. So we we're like, we're always, and even now, like we like to test the waters with things. Like we, our studio doesn't move as quickly as other studios. I think mm -hmm. because, you know, we wanna. We wanna like evolve into like it feels like that's the most honest way to to um to direct the studio yeah so at least for internally i think like more mm -hmm. just like in a way that makes sense like having setting our own pace that makes sense for us not mm -hmm. necessarily fall into the um the expectation of external yeah. like uh, industry sort of expectation of where we uh, company or studio should be at that was, how are you guys that was one of the nice yeah. things about being in seattle like it was one of the. It, it was a nice thing about starting the studio in Seattle because, mm -hmm. you, it's a very comfortable place to live. There's no live. pressure. It's a comfortable <laughs> place. Yeah, there's there's no, yeah. um, you know, the entire West Coast. There's no like. There's not so much precedent for things, so yeah. you can kind of create your own way. And I think that. Um, but that, that also really kind good. of serves your personality, is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's like sure. kind of part of how, yeah. you're maybe not into yeah. like. Grow, 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 yeah. like the way that companies here want to try to accelerate. Yeah. Um, yeah which people I admire, aren't like looking. Yeah. yeah, people I here are always it. looking at what other people are doing, and that's good and bad, you know? Mm -hmm. But like there, it was just like we're ma we made up the rules to what we were doing, and yeah. we were working out of our house at the time. Like there really wasn't yeah. a lot of external pressure on it other than just. Surviving. Yeah. So then, but the so Roland Hill comes in around 2013. Basically, sight unseen 12, 2012, 13. Yeah. Roland Hill. Uh, that's when is, you're starting to see more sales pick up at that point. You're starting to say, okay, yeah. like this may be a yeah. viable thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, we're starting to see that we were doing still producing a lot of small like accessory objects, and that Which was still do. the business yeah. at the time. We still do, but not not yeah. really as much. Okay. Um, and but yeah, like getting traction on these like more like larger interior items and mm -hmm. like the the fact that Jason Miller from Rowan Hill like came to us and like wanted must us to design huge. something. Yeah, yeah. he must have been like, we're like, what? But we were even it was like, yeah. wait, we're we're just like nobody's from Seattle. Like I don't. Know, but you then, know, right. we submitted a round of designs to them that was like 
um, we're like, we're gonna do something for Rowan Hill, and we looked at what they had, and we like, like we like, like we think Rowan Hill will like this, and we like made things that that sort of fit Rowan Hill. And this is this is a big turning point for us, like yeah. creatively, because um, nothing was sticking. Like they were just coming back and like, yeah, you know, like uh, really, um, <laughs> yeah. It took, and it took a while, yeah. And we were like kind of bummed, like this is not gonna happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then at a certain point, like. Jason Miller comes to us and he's just like, he's like, guys, like I asked you to design something because I like ladies, ladies and gentlemen aesthetic. Like yeah. I like the work that you do. Like what you're doing is designing stuff you think fits with Rowan Hill. That's not what I want. Interesting. He he he, he caught on to that. Yeah. Even Before though you we guys were doing, yeah. yeah. We, we didn't even know we had an aesthetic really at that point, oh, which really? is kind yeah. of a funny wow, you're very, way yeah. to put it. But it's like it's like oh like what. What is that? What is that? What are those ingredients to what we do? And so it was a, a big shift for us. Yeah, and to sort of embrace like our own, to trust our own instinct and yeah. design instinct, our, our approach. And then, by, you know, around that time, it was still and slight, pretty undefined or pretty sure. organic. And then, yeah. Um, so we were, you know, thinking, like, you know, working with Roland Hills, like, designed for them. I see. Right? Like, more of a licensing sort of, like, format um, and then but then he sort of pointed out like just hey we I want your, well, your design yeah. Yeah, not just really, yeah. anything else you know and then Stuff you guys finally that, came to that, that beautiful piece yeah that, the that, shape of yeah. all the different shape of and that's actually that around the time that we we were developing that like elemental shape language in the studio Actually, and yeah. like we had a bunch of vintage building blocks that were Gene was initially making these really playful like shape compositions for mm -hmm. a necklace mm -hmm. and then it was kind of like this we really cool like this direction like <laughs> yeah. it still yeah. had a lot of the character that these vintage things that were inspiring us from before but it was so pared down to like mm -hmm. the elemental essence of of yeah. that spirit mm -hmm. that it felt it just felt right at that time and mm -hmm. with that combined with jason's direction it was just mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. like this vibes with that. Cool. Yeah. So, so we're, you know, so at this point, um, you also said, you also mentioned the future perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. Was that a relationship that developed out of sight unseen as well yeah. at the same time as Roland Hill? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. they came through, like, I think Joe and Monica, like, you know, walked them through, walked them through. the show. We met them. And then David just, looked at us, I was like, I want this, I want this. And that was like the first experience, <laughs> like, like, what? Do you, do you want the price? Like, do you, you know, you're like, like no, you know, I just, yeah, I was like, yeah. That was like such a, you know, really exciting moment when David just decided, just like, I want this, you know. And it's like, Were no, you guys aware of, of, you know, the future perfect, Roland Hill? Were you aware of the design industry, the business part of it all? Like, did you? Did, a little bit. I mean, we knew about those yeah. companies yeah. and like really, you know, looked up to Learned, them as yeah. like, sources for good design yeah it was more from that perspective versus I mean, the business thing has always been like seat of your pants or up until you know in those early times it was times. just like oh we have to sell this stuff i guess we need a line sheet you know all the sure. like very incremental and but um, as you were thinking about reacted. becoming an independent studio right where you're saying you know it's really about your vision and whatnot um were you thinking about how to get the work out there, like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to need showrooms, or we're going to need to work with a gallery, or had, 
It wasn't going through your mind? Okay. <laughs> we didn't no. know how any of that stuff worked. Yeah. Yeah. So it started falling into your lap. Like, you're like, okay, roll. To some degree. Yeah, I mean, I think we... Talking to peers. Yeah, I was, like, talking to peers. We meet up until... Yeah, I mean, at that time, it was mostly doing wholesale and doing the gifter, and that was, like, um, the early half of the... Yeah, the beginning was mostly doing wholesale and working with stores. Right. um, Something you uh, had experience with. Yeah, which I've had. Like, her previous... I see. Yeah. Previous like independent business that she was involved in was yeah. doing a lot of yeah. that kind wholesale stuff. Yeah. Wholesale, and then but then I think the whole gallery we really don't didn't know that much about it and um, and licensing didn't have any experience and so Roland Hill was sort of the first you know company that we were doing licensing work with I see. Um, arrangement and then but yeah I think it, it was. We just wanted to at least like try sight and scene and then you know just show our work and then see what comes of it and then and then sort of then respond to how the response yeah. the response was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so kind of all right so then you're yeah you come here <laughs> yeah. you land here in New and York it wasn't it was like a <laughs> long oh yeah long story short it was like super long but we <laughs> no, um, essentially because of all the past you know all the experience showing and then we built a network met some yeah. great people and then. Um, just had this idea, had this feeling of like we want to kind of spend more time here, and then also been in Seattle. Like for me, I was been there for like 15 years, and wow. he sort of grew up there. Years, yeah. yeah, and just felt wow. like, well, you know, things are so calm and relaxing in Seattle, but then creatively, it, there wasn't as much yeah. like energy that was as exciting as here. And then also just wanted something to for us to like experience something different yeah. and then so we definitely spent like almost like a year and a half like looking at all these thinking about these different places europe or japan oh, okay. yeah. or so new york wasn't it didn't have to be new york that's no. right. okay yeah but we were thinking had like a whole list like should we wow. go to portland or yeah. is it la and then but then we're like oh the west coast it's like still kind of predictable in yeah. the way that we already familiar. know it yeah. already somewhat somewhat familiar with it and then Japan, it was we went to visit, but that was too different because he didn't speak in Japanese, but I, I didn't speak Japanese. And then, um, but yeah, and then so we just yeah, and then ended up landed like okay, let's do New York because it's a good in between where it felt like it was different enough in terms of the culture and the mm-hmm. environment, and then that it's still close to Europe and that right. we could still like. Um, so that's sort of, and then we already had a network and sure. also yeah. still be able to fabricate stuff. Whereas if we go to like Europe or Japan, it might be a little bit challenging, challenging. as like a foreigner to, sure. you know, in visa. Stuff to understand the vendors stuff. and all that stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when you moved to, so you had already started showing with, uh, the Future Perfect and was the piece ready and being licensed to, uh, Roland Hill by that point? Yeah. Yeah. It was Wait. 2015 that it launched, right? Okay. okay. Yeah, because we moved. Mm-hmm. We moved to New York, and then on the we essentially went to Milan, and then flew to New York, and that's and that was it. That's that was the move. Yeah. yeah. Right I mean, on. we planned planned it. Had like shipped our stuff to New York already. I got it. Okay. And then went to Milan, and that's when we that's when Shape Up launched at Rolling Hill. Show. I see. It's like this cool. really nice like. Yeah, intersection of things happening. Like it, it was so exciting at that time to just have 
Well, it seems like it's because you're like very thoughtful about how yeah. every every move you're making. So it kind of like, Lines this, yeah, yeah. kind of worked out nicely. Totally. Yeah. yeah, they definitely had like spent some time just like, okay, like what we did, you know, of course, uh, all the past trips leading up to it, we would check out different neighborhoods. Yeah. And, you know, went to definitely came to Red Hook area to look at, you know, to just visit sure. studios and then really like the vibe here and the energy. And that was like our first pick. But Granted, when we first like moved to New York, we were in Ridgewood, and then oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, but then ended up through Calico Wallpaper. There, was, they had a space in Red Hook that we're like, hey, do you guys are you guys interested in this? Like, Dude, then, cool. Red Hook. Yeah, so we're like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right <laughs> and on. then after a month of being in New York, we decided to just like, you know, just switch and then move. Yeah, break yeah, the lease. Break our lease. Break your lease, wow. Yeah. In Ridgewood and get started here in, uh, in Red Hook. Yeah. yeah. It was and kind of, we really like felt <laughs> guilty because we signed like a year lease. It was like a kind of a co-working like studio space. And then, but I think we talked to other people and they're like, just people do this all the time. <laughs> just, yeah. They'll find, like, yeah, find exactly. somebody and yeah. they're like, okay, okay. And like, that was the best decision, I think. Yeah. But curiously, like when that happened, like, we broke the lease, and like for the next two weeks, a series of like horrible things <laughs> happened to us. Like, like what? Like New York initiations. So <laughs> like yeah. little, um, little New York shock. Like yeah, like a little punch in the gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like the I think the what night happened? of like the mm. the night we told the people we wanted to move out, they were mad, and um, and my computer was just sitting on the kitchen table. Yeah. And overnight, the pipe like burst above and was like literally <laughs> dropping water. a solid stream of water directly on my computer. Nowhere else. Yeah. Directly on my computer. Yeah. Fried the computer. Yeah. We'll go out the next day. Like, go to our car. We had a car, and um, and there's like like a huge line of parking tickets like oh, for all no. these different various <laughs> or like the yeah not getting the up-to-date uh, inspection, inspection. Yeah, the all that. time was not yeah <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh yeah, yeah that's like a welcome to new York. i mean you have everyone kind of has to go through that although you guys kind of knew the city pr pretty well i feel like it wasn't as much of a culture shock or was yeah. it a bit of a culture shock um, i felt like we were we were also older like we weren't yeah. like in our early 20s and trying to like yeah fight our way through without like any resources so yeah. like in some ways it feels like we cheated a little bit but it's just how it i think we just ended up going up. i mean i think imagining like most people come to new york when they're much younger and then really like you know sure. kind of had to endure a lot of the, the struggle you know just yeah. like build up the character <laughs> yeah. but here like we sort of did a lot of you know asked around how already new people and they're like right. recommend they had Everybody had some recommendation, sure, do's or so don't helpful. do's, and right. oh, and don't be by the, oh, or something, like, whatever. They had all these insight. So we were just always, like, absorbing information from people and just asking around. So had had a lot of sort of kind of, uh, you know, insight mm -hmm. into yeah, what to do and not ideas, to do. Yeah. Helps. And then you move into the space with Calico, or, yeah. I mean, as neighbors or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. What does it start to look like at this point? I mean, then you guys are like, okay, it's time to really start the studio in New yeah. York. And how, yeah. how, how's that? How did that? How did you do that? When we came, we wanted to be really, um, 
rigorous. Like we wanted to like just make a lot of stuff and really sort of like dive into the scene. And so I think that was really the spirit for the first year. It was like we're gonna we're gonna explore a ton. We're going to do lots of work. We're gonna network with lots of people. Like it yeah. sets a lot of energy around like just being really present in the location and yeah. um, also really like, active creatively. Yeah, and also just really explore, you know, the art, the museums. I think those were the kind of things that were just so, it was so rich here that it's not anywhere in Seattle, you know, Seattle sure. just, it's limited. You know, I, I went to undergrad in Cornish College of the Arts. I don't know if oh, you really? guys know that, but so I, I have I spent four years in Seattle. Oh uh, I haven't mentioned it because I was just like, yeah. um, but I know the city well, so I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And Capitol yeah. Hill, yeah. I live like, on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I mean, it's cute and it's really like, comfortable but sure. it gets a little sleepy you know yeah. I think and granted like I think and also people are much more sort of private mm -hmm. and you know more reserved and which is totally more than like just the dynamic and the cultural sort of landscape that sort of yeah. created that energy but then yeah so I feel like here we're just like okay there's so much like creative energy there's all these museums and then um yeah, did you guys nice. decide that you would do sight unseen again, or did you end up doing uh, ICFF, or how did you how did you then start approaching? You're like, all right, we're gonna make a bunch of work, yeah. we're gonna network, we're gonna be social in the scene, and yeah, but then the first let's see, the first year we showed a sight unseen, uh, it was yeah, it always yielded really great exposure, yeah. um, and and then I think what was it the following year, where we like approached Future Perfect about like let's let's do something during design week and let's make it like a like really impactful thing like cool. that would be our way of sort of upping our game because up until then we had just kind of sold them pieces here and there and it was a much like more um, transactional Actually, relationship. I would say we went to him with like a big sort of chandelier concept called Equalizer where it's like meant to be modular mm -hmm. by that time actually would it was like, oh, we have this light. What do you think? And like, you know, maybe it could be in the back room or something. Or yeah, it was very late too. It was, it was like late. February or something. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Like but then he's like, close. no, I want you guys to take the front room. And I'm like, we're all like, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to do multiple versions of this. Yeah, I want you to do multiple and then do all these other things. And then by that point, we were doing like a collaboration with John Hogan. He's oh, like, cool. can we bring in John Hogan? I think he was already, you know, excited about his work and Beautiful. together. And so he he just really trusted us in a way that we're like, was really, really surprised and didn't expect that. And yeah. very grateful about it because he really like, you know, trusted us to sort of give that space yeah. to let us show these new work that yeah. he hasn't, he only saw like a drawing of. And I think that was the kind of energy yeah. that we just don't even, it's not even, I don't, in Seattle. In Seattle it doesn't not, have it, right. No, Here it's it like happen. impulse, it's, like, yeah, it's you amazing. know, they see something they're like, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys were not understanding why people were reacting this way or something. Yeah. You, you almost didn't we trust just, yourself enough yeah, where you were like. we're just like, I think we always did things so like, you know, more just, um, you know, subtly or quite, you know, mm -hmm. just didn't want to be like pushy about yes. our kind of posing too much in a way that's disrespectful. 
but then the fact that he was just like, no, let's don't put don't put baby in the corner. I mean, <laughs> like, <that's what> <laughs> said. And we're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, like, yeah, that was really that was like a, also a big turning point. A little yeah. lesson, like if you want, and that you want something like ask, yeah. ask for Talk it. About yeah, it. I agree. Yeah. Like get your yeah. like get your stuff together and like know what you want to do and be confident. One about chandelier that, that or did you end up uh, saying okay like. Pitched a more series, pieces, yeah. did a yeah. whole series, yeah, and yeah, this was for ICFF. No, it's Dur just for his, during for Design the, Week. Yeah, yeah. During in Design Week. Future oh, yeah. Perfect at the Future Perfect. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Great. So yeah. that was, that was wow. we showed the first year. Like John Hogan was on that show. That was the first time Chris Stewart showed. Oh, we were in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like really great. It's kind of a really wow. Great it's year. a great time. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot. Those names have now, you know, people have really skyrocketed. Yeah. So that was a good turning point. What happens after that that time period? When, once you launch this collection, and um, I think that it it really sort of it was a turning point in terms of how like elevated our product could could be and how it was perceived. And so I think it yeah it did sort of like launch us into like another level that we weren't weren't quite at before. Even though we were working with Roman Hill at that point. Sure. Um, it really kind of and what you mean is like the high end market. You're yeah. trying, you're entering into like limited edition type things, where right. you know uniquely made. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. custom, more bespoke, and that sort of. Yeah, everything is have to be custom, like especially that series. But you saw yourselves as as, as high end designers. Were you like, oh, this is a. Or was it sort of yeah. like, hey, okay, we'll do this? Or was yeah, it like that? It's or sort of like that? Or like, oh, here's there's interest. Mm -hmm. There's an audience that wanted liked our work, and and it happened to be that high end market. Yeah. Like, in, but I think there's another side of us that also just really want to sort of express design or express work that in a way that is accessible. Mm -hmm. So there is that, that sort of internal sort of back and forth layout, conversation right. that we all. We want to about. explore all facets of it, right? And if like. Um, if those the higher end venues give us uh, opportunities to explore a concept or a material or an idea in a way that we can't anywhere else, like we want to have that at our disposal. Right. And at the same time, we want to do other projects that are maybe more academic or more about accessibility or mass markets. And um, yeah, like we we want. I mean, we want to explore all of that. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. it's important that. And why, At that time, we why, determined is that, it was, why do you want to be able to hit both of those places? Do you feel like design should be, you know, sort of a... Yeah, I think... The studio is about exploring design, and design encompasses all of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if, if we turned our focus towards one thing or another, it feels like we would be denying the whole reason of starting the studio, which was, yeah. which was to, to evolve and, like... Yeah like meander around the um but I think we always believe design is everywhere and then kind of want to think of it in a more like design should be like a democratic thing democratic yeah yeah and that I think you know as we you know start to go into that very high-end market we're like is this too niche and then really is it is it getting too narrow in a sense for mm -hmm. us and then um even the audience that we were kind of connecting with and then started to, you know, start, it was kind of around, yeah, it was like fall of 2015, the first year that we moved, it was like six months later, then we were in, invited to be part of like a, 
Furnishing Utopia, and it was like a group project mm -hmm. that invited some designers to go to Hancock Shaker Village to look at and do research on the Shaker culture, philosophy, and how, mm -hmm. you know, it's such like a utopian sort of model. Yeah. Granted, it didn't last, but at that time, it, you know, like from the late 1700 to, to like the 1960s, that's kind of like the height of the um, community and how they really provided design and work and craft that was meant for everybody mm -hmm. uh, that's part of the community. And um, focused like very distinctly on a set of values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys related to that. Yeah, like that. yeah. I think we were just inspired by this sort of holistic and thoughtful sort of thinking that goes behind the work and then the actual um, and just the overall like approach to their way of living and you know even it could be something really small like a brush but then they design it very specifically for different you know different tasks or something yeah, yeah tasks interesting. or you know tools and things like that and those like we find joy in like little everyday things that are like often you know very utilitarian or very like nondescript or you know anonymous you know mm -hmm. and those some of the things that we love the most are those things and how can we kind of start to think about these things everyday things that could could still provide people with joy and mm -hmm. and yeah I mean granted we're still still like on trying to figure out how we could do that because the reality of having a studio in New York it's so expensive so that I mean you know like we end up selling high-end products because it does like make you know it make feels a living the, it feels, be able to, yeah, to makes yeah, it feel possible you right. know but we don't always just want to like high, like sell only high-end to like the one percent or also just one yeah trying to find different ways that we could expand like our design um, thinking or philosophy or actual work to be a little bit more accessible. Yeah, accessible or yeah. like exposing people to new ideas or sure. like mm -hmm. ways of living, things like that. Like that yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, or just really ideas of how people could connect with design on the everyday, how they yeah. could be more aware of the things that surrounds them or that they use. And like, it doesn't have to be expensive to, for it to be good. To be good, right. right? But it's really just all about how one respond to like the object that they surround themselves with and then does it bring them joy because of exploits are they you know just being mm -hmm. more aware and um yeah so then as so at what point do you guys really start to understand ladies and gentlemen as as the identity that it starts to have now you know when did that aesthetic really start to cement itself and you say you know like we are you know this is sort of our language base what's the moment that that sort of happened and started to really form you guys as the company that we know now that we're very aware of the, the you know the, the your social media the way everything is presented yeah. everything has a very fine-tuned when did that start to really evolve i mean it's constantly evolving obviously yeah. Evolving, yeah. but i feel like there was a moment like when i first saw your work i you guys were already sort of flushed out you know it was like i felt like i oh, i understood your company but yeah yeah, yeah. by the time i first yeah. saw your work i was like okay these guys are an established uh young firm yeah. um so I'm, I'm curious as to when that happened, especially for you guys now that hearing about this, it feels like 
you guys were just kind of surprised that people even were <laughs> responding to your work. And then you're like, oh, well, what are we about, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then this starts to come, you know, these materials, yeah. the look, the, all these things, you know, start to come out. Yeah. Was there a piece that maybe, you know, the... Um, I mean... Yeah, I guess I mean, we... Milestone that. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's like... It was, you know, like we're saying, it's like kind of been a very organic sort of process that we are just reacting to sort of our like impulses to the material or the shapes. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes it's much like a, it's almost like a process that we start to be aware that it's like a kid, like when you're playing with building blocks, you're literally just like, this yeah. is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is what, you know, like you're yeah. just manipulating a physical sort of. It's like a very direct response, mm -hmm. and then, but then, and then, you know, we're just playing with really elemental forms, but and then started to create like a language that we weren't yeah. necessarily aware of, and then like start to notice with certain press that people were putting us into the category of like Memphis, and Memphis, that right? Yeah. That time. <laughs> and then we're like, well, this is. We had so many conversation like back and forth, like. We love, of course, we're inspired mm. by Memphis. Sure. Like when we were students in the, like studying in Rome, we, that's when we were like in that's 2005. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were already looking at like Memphis, and but also we were looking at Japanese design or Scandinavian design and wherever. Like, but we didn't want it to be like pigeonholed that we are only responding like stylistic. It's not the what we do isn't just like a stylistic thing. It's more about like approach of. Or exploration. So we started to kind of break it down. It's not just like have cookie cutter formula or just like triangle, circle, sure. like yeah. that, you know. But even though we still are naturally are drawn to these materials anyways, we can't really deny mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But um, but that we had to sort of break, start to dissect our way of thinking a little bit more. And it's more about like we really just want to explore. Yeah. We really want to just like how to when whether it be about specific physical material or it's about approach or a methodology or it's about a space in the or that approach about, carries into every your the way you present yourself on your website the yeah. this here the yeah. i think so yeah. yeah in terms of like coming like really becoming familiar with that and like mm -hmm. Knowing that we need to flesh that out, like the move really helped do that because mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're in the same location as a bunch of other studios practicing in the same realm. Yeah. And you get to see how they set up what they're doing. And we understand how we're similar and how we're different, mm -hmm. what we want to do and don't want to do because now we have those like reference points. Yeah. Um, so, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of what defines us from like a, like the bullet point ways that we can describe ourselves come from the process of coming here and having to assimilate and also like look within to, to figure out who we really are and how we fit into this yeah. whole environment. Yeah, or just as a whole. I mean, I think it just helps to be introspective about yeah, it's like, reflect like, oh, I like this because of this and not necessarily because I have to or is expected to do something. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I guess so. I guess to go back to the aesthetic thing is just like I think it's more just like a s spirit or like a mm -hmm. kind of embedded like sort of approach or methodology that sort of kind of naturally just like pull things that all I mean we always are aware of the individual element of course but then holistically 
that yeah. it should all fit within. So I think it's like not necessarily like defining, like there's not like certain rules or only certain materials we like use, sure. but that we have this like more of a broader um, sort of framework right. that we work with creatively within. And then maybe yeah. all these things just sort of work together, even though they all could be very different. So we do like special project like with Muji and then for, or like an installation space or that, you know, people would be like, well, what do you do again? Very do conceptual, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. looking at that and I thought, what a departure, yeah. yeah. Um, which made me start to realize that you got, you know, obviously you've been recognized for your lighting, but that mm -hmm. your practice is about other uh, yeah. broader stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and we didn't want to, like we could, uh, there were certain points where, like, yeah, we could totally just focus on lighting. Yeah, right? a lighting because company. Yeah, have to do a lighting company. <laughs> <laughs> but right. we're like, we don't want to just do lighting. And also, there's so many other lighting companies anyway. So we don't want to like compete with that because at the end of the day, we don't have the facility or the like, be able to invest in a level that, you know, that really could make sense for us. So we just like, well, okay, we'll do lighting as a way to. It's just like another category. Another category. Ex yeah, yeah, that we explore. And then, but we'll still do like jewelry, and then we'll do like installation when as like opportunity, the right opportunity comes up. And then, so uh, even though you kind of consciously know, you're like, oh, you know, lighting could be our niche, and we could, you know, probably do well from there and kind of scale. Maybe uh, uh, you're making those decisions consciously to say, well, uh, knowing ourselves, having some self awareness, we're like. That's not really the approach that we want to have. Yeah. So it's, you, yeah. you guys are like so dedicated to the craft of design itself that you're willing to sort of say, well, like maybe the money is this way or, you know, but we really want to, to, to have a broad spectrum of, of our practice. Yeah. yeah. And that to be able to kind of set things up in a way that we could still be flexible. You know, yeah. like if we define our you know, what we're interested in, um, being aware of what we're interested in, what draws, like, what, what draws us, mm -hmm. and that uh, we could just, I don't know, be able to have these different facets yeah. in our practice That's that smart. fuels all these things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the installation could inspire some products that comes out of it, or vice versa. I don't know. So I feel like we kind of need that. that was to recognize. No, I agree. <laughs> Try to always look back at like why we did this because it it wasn't at the time and even maybe in hindsight. Like if, if you're talking about like just making money and having a job, like it, it wasn't the smartest thing to do to leave to leave the security like yeah. of that. But we did it for a different reason, yeah. and and we have to continue to look back at that because like. Otherwise, why don't you just go get a job that sure. like makes makes a lot of money, or you know, like sure. do something that maybe isn't quite as fulfilling, but it 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 pays the bills or something sure. like that's not the reason we started the company. So mm -hmm. why should it drive the company at any other point? Yeah, no, yeah. granted, we want to pay the bills. You want to yeah. no, you want <laughs> yeah, of course, you want to make the a best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. So where you guys find yourself? Uh, we have a little bit more time. We find yourselves today as a company as a you know, in this partnership, you guys have, I feel like you're mature now in the, in, in the design world. I'm serious. Like, you guys are an established entity. You have, um, you know, you're selling in different locations around the globe, honestly, you know, from, from what I can tell on your website and whatnot. Um, 
what's what's ladies and gentlemen looking like from here out yeah. so um we're you know we've talked about the different facets of what we do we're like we're working in the studio to um define two paths or two sort of sectors of the of the business where um like the product side of things can be um seriously focused around making product and selling it and sharing it with people and um, you know, having a good solid system around that, mm -hmm. um, which includes having more people helping doing that and mm -hmm. focused on that. And then... So you're trying to grow the... Just to have we'll, employees. We'll, we'll grow the... Yeah, we'll grow the product side and like build a, build a team around that cool. idea. And then, and then grow the, you know, what we're calling like this like creative and service side of, of the studio that's really sort of the heart of, of all the ideas and um, the, the heart the of The non-money-making side. The non-money-making <laughs> side. And, Which is um, the one you enjoy the most, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and like... I mean, the products, too. They have yeah, their place, for sure. And the creative will work with the product to, yeah. like, to help make the product and conceive of spaces that the product goes within and different ideas that can feed how the, what direct, the way... The product side is directed, so yeah. they're not they're not ever going to be like two separate, two separate non, yeah, not. interrelated things. But mm -hmm. um, just from like a business standpoint, and as we think about the team mm -hmm. evolving and growing, mm -hmm. um, having that kind of definition, and it'll help people yeah. outside understand what we do. What That's we do. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. are you guys going to be participating in fairs? What is your approach to marketing the studio at this point? Um, well, that also that those two definitions also helps uh, yeah. figure out what those things are. So the, on the product side, maybe we can be we've we've never done like an ICFF mm -hmm. or like a, a formal trade fair. Um, so perhaps that's the best move for the product side. We're still mm -hmm. we, so, we, or like showrooms. How are you guys? Yeah, how that. are you getting new clients today, though? Yeah, for example? I think like, it's word of, word of mouth. We're working yeah. really hard to like we. When we work with people, like we want, this is like cheesy marketing talk, but we want to have like a relationship, like we want to build a relationship. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we work with a couple of really great repeat clients like sure. Giancarlo Valle, yeah. like we, we really love his projects and he like, he involves us in a way that we can like sort of participate in the project and mm -hmm. understand the space and build products mm -hmm. and recommendations around that. Um, those are really great situations I don't expect that from all our clients sure. but um, but to sort of yeah like we really like working directly with people so we can understand like what install difficulties they may have had or what types of spaces things are going into and um, you know really we really want like any product that we send out to be like a really appropriate solution for whatever yeah. whatever they're looking for and so Working with them directly is the best way to do that and yeah. um, have a conversation bef you know, beforehand. And hopefully that results in a really good result and another, yeah. another job later on. The continuation of the... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I think, direct yeah, right now. direct a lot, a lot of direct. And then um, and in terms of like, sh or like stores that we have, it's, it's not as many as before, but That's at it. least the, the ones we still are working with our strong relationships that we want to just it's like 
better to have like less stores, but they're good, you know, really strong. Of course, strong. relationships. Yeah. Yeah, Future Perfect is one of those. Yeah. And, um, Triode. Triode in Paris yes. is like a really great champion of American design. Cool. Mm. Um, we'll hopefully yeah. be doing some more stuff with them. Are you guys soon. still approaching pe uh, people approaching you, or are you still? And now doing we the... start to yeah, yeah, and then now we've been trying to be more organized. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so last year we were sort of you know kind of creating almost like a outreach. Outreach, sort of, nice. Yeah, like okay. um, finding really you know studios I really admire, really want to work with, and yeah. start to kind of. Reach out to them. Reach out to nice. them. I mean, no, nothing has. I mean, so it's like it, it takes, takes time. time it takes you time, know. Yeah. So we're hoping, you know, at least to just like introduce us our work to these designer and trying to provide more of like a service and conversation about like what mm -hmm. what are their needs and finding out. You know, I should be, yeah, trying to be more like consider. <laughs> learn that like, there's not really a shortcut there. Like you yeah. just yeah, have to like totally yeah and talk that's to necessary. people and. Yeah. And yeah. just open up the conversation. Keep going, it, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, guys, yeah. you guys, I didn't know this much about you guys. So <laughs> this is incredible. You guys are some of the most thoughtful designers I've met yet on this series. Yeah. Honestly, in terms oh. of in terms of the you know holistic way you're you're looking at your practice, and I I'm more of a fast pace person. Yeah, I've, no, I've been awesome. in New York for 15 so years, great. so I get no, but I get this. I'm watching you guys, and I think, wow. You know, not having to grow or think about growing, you grow at your own pace versus what, uh, you know, the industry might want from you or require in some ways because of the, like, having to sustain in New York. So it's admirable that you guys can slow it down, understand yourselves, understand your business, what you want to do as designers, and be thoughtful about it and deliver beautiful products that keep people coming back, yeah. which is really hard to do. So I, I, I really, uh, I appreciate you guys sitting down with me to talk about it. And, yeah, um, likewise. No, this is so fun. Much, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah, check them out on, on, on uh, Instagram or on their <laughs> website, ladies and gentlemen. It's great. Uh, yeah. So yeah. thank you guys again. Yeah, All right, you. cheers. Yeah. Yeah.